You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we're from MindRobber.net, the home side of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all of the things on podcasts. Uh, specifically, this one, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who. The Mind Robbers Versus, where we pick a show we love and talk about it episode by episode. Currently, we're covering... Uh, Batman the Animated Series, and our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. If you like our shows, you can review them on iTunes. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or any other sort of cool thing you might feel like sharing, you can email them to us at podcast.mindrobber.net. And if you want to start a discussion, then you can get on the website, leave a comment for this post, let us and everyone else know what you're thinking, and we'll comment back. And uh, boom, discussion. Matt, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? We're talking about, uh... Oh, I guess I should have stopped. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm fine, and I'm yes... I'm not a jerk. We, we are talking about Celestial Toy Maker. We are. I was just so excited to get this over with. Um, <laughs> um I assume there's some sort of background significance for this, uh, so please take it away. Yes, the Celestial Toymaker. Um, this is a, a it's something of a very famous first Doctor story. Um, it's the it comes in his third season, which is actually a wildly experimental season, um, and it's uh, uh, it's written by Brian Hales, or at least he's the credited writer on it. Um, written by Brian Hales uh, and directed by Bill Sellers. Uh, the Celestial Toymaker actually went through a lot of weird sort of incarnations. Uh, this actually comes at the very tail end in the, um, I guess the crossover between John Wiles as producer and Innes Lloyd as producer. So John Wiles takes over after Verity Lambert at the in, at the beginning of season three. He does four stories, which were The Myth Makers, Daleks Master Plan, The Massacre of St. Bartholomew's Eve, and The Ark, and is planning all sorts of cool things to do with Doctor Who. Unfortunately, he's kind of a cynic. And uh, doesn't get along with Hartnell very well. Um, he really can't stand Hartnell, who Hartnell stands as, like, the poster child and saw himself as the flag bearer of the last show because he was abandoned by everyone who started. Um, he's, he's the last man standing, so he, like, wanted to keep the vision intact. So while Wiles comes in with all these interesting and new ideas, Hartnell kind of fights him along the way like he doesn't like Dalek's master plan um he he thinks that it's kind of a bad story and Wiles because he doesn't want to put up with Hartnell starts writing Hartnell out of stories um like the massacre in which Hartnell kind of doesn't appear at all uh but like you know Wiles is doing a bunch of interesting things like the massacre like the Dalek's master plan even though that wasn't commissioned under him and the arc which we have talked about because the arc does that weird um time jump halfway through right um but the interesting thing about the to- Celestial Toymaker, it was commissioned by Wiles, um, John Wiles and his script editor, Donald Tosh. 
uh, as this idea for a new Doctor Who villain about this guy who would um, who would uh, uh, play games with the Doctor and and his companions and be like a dangerous nefarious foe based on like children's games and all sorts of things like that. The problem is. Uh, Wiles really hated Hartnell, so he wanted to write Hartnell out of the story, and to do that, he was like, okay, well, I'm gonna make the Doctor invisible for basically episodes one, two, and three, and then at the end of episode four, when the Doctor turns back into, you know, visible, he is a different actor. Um, this way, and it will leave Dodo and Steven really confused, and I won't have to put up with Hartnell anymore, and the BBC was just like we're not going to do that because Hartnell is Doctor Who. And John Wells was like, okay, well, I'm leaving. So John Wells kind of left. <laughs> Which So John Wells invented the regeneration but didn't know it. Oh yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Like the and and if you watch other stories, like it's clear that they're kind of wanting to sideline Hartnell and and want to do other things and that are new with him, but it's just I mean it's just hilarious that he kind of comes up with that. And the BBC was just like I don't think so. I don't think that'll, so. That'll um, never work. That'll never work. It will never... It, we cannot disrupt the show that much. It will make the show fail. Um, so... <laughs> and eventually, so, 30 years later, it did. Yeah, um, well, it took a while. It took a while, but there you go. Um, so... So that's kind of why what happens here. Like this is a big transitionary bit. The problem is it's written by Brian Hales, who you might know as the guy who created the Ice Warriors. Um, we talked about the Ice Warriors previously. He wrote the Ice Warriors, Seeds of Death, uh, and then the two Peladon stories because the two Peladon stories have um, Ice Warriors in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is his first outing as Doctor Who, and the problem is that this actually came out as very unmanageable. So what happened is Hales' scripts weren't good enough, so... Uh, Donald Tosh, as script editor, steps in to edit it and make it better, make it more um, exciting, more doable. And then this whole thing with John Wiles happens, and Donald Tosh was, like, big on solidarity. Wiles and Tosh were kind of like Hinchcliffe and Holmes in that respect. So Tosh is like, okay, well, if you don't want him, then I'm going to. So Tosh decides to leave and rewrites the scripts. Leaving in newcomers, Innis Lloyd as the producer, who's just like, I don't really like this story, but we're too far down the line to, and we don't have anything else that's ready, so we have to kind of shoot this. So Jerry Davis, my new script editor, can you edit this and make this better? So what you have is a wow. Brian Hale story that's been rewritten multiple times by Donald Tosh and rewritten on top of that by Jerry Davis and credited to Brian Hales. Um, so... It's kind of a mess. Bill Sellers was never invited again to do did never did another Doctor Who story. Um, but it leads to something of a legendary story because it's um uh the Celestial Toymaker, like you hear that, you hear about this evil villain who likes to play games and is kind of uh, almost like a Riddler sort of character with the Doctor. It it sparks inspiration for other people, for memories and all sorts of great things. And uh, you know, Nathan Turner was gonna bring him back, except they but what happened was they did um Trial of a Time Lord. Uh but his first story back was going to be a Celestial Toymaker story written by Graham Williams. Uh and starring Michael Goff, who is uh the uh the, the Celestial Toymaker in this. Um so oh, right, Alfred. Yes, this is Alfred. Um, that's Alfred from the Tim Burton movies. Yeah, Tim this Burton is him. Movies. Yeah, this is him like 33 years earlier. Um, or maybe 23 Crazy. years earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, nope, so, 33. Right? Is 33? It? I, no, no 60, yeah, you're right. 66 to yeah, yeah, right, right, right. 20. Math, guys. <laughs> yeah, guys, stay in school. <laughs> <laughs> stay in school. Um, 
So they were going to do another story, but that fell through. Um, and then the Celestial Toymaker kind of hasn't made any appearances. I guess he's been brought back a couple times in the novels. Big Finish has brought brought him back to do uh, the Nightmare Fair. They did that as a lost story for their lost stories range. So they took Graham Williams' script, just adapted it to audio, and then uh, presented it. It's not a very good story. Um, and then they also brought him back for the Seventh Doctor adventure with Ace and Hex, uh, the Magic Mouse Trap. So this is someone who Big Finish has kind of taken the ball and run with. Um, uh, so he kind of has a little bit of legend. I'll also point out the story is very well received in the fan community because um, as, as, a, as a blog I follow points out, all thoughts on all Doctor Who stories were made by one guy in the 80s who went back and said, this story was good, this story was not, this story was good, this story was not. This guy went in and was just like, oh, it's psychedelic and it's crazy and it's adventure and all sorts of stuff. Um, and I'll leave my background on significance on this and say that people are coming around and realizing that the story is actually utter rubbish. And that's where I'll leave it until mm-hmm. we start talking about it. And and also only episode four exists. Yes, and episode four is the only one that exists. Bless the Lord, my soul. <laughs> um, all right. So before we continue and start talking about what our feelings on the Celestial Toy Maker are, um, this reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, or absolute edition. At 35 to 45% off. Um, those are collected editions of comic books. So if you like comics, you want some graphic novels, that sort of thing, you're going to go to InStockTrades.com uh, and save 35 to 45% off cover price plus new release specials, uh, 50% off every week. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So pack a full of Omniboo. Uh, speaking of Omniboo, they, uh, IDW just released... Uh, they're, they're, they've started making the little, um, the little like pocket-sized omnibus collections of New Who comics. Oh, so like the first one came out, and it's uh, it's like the first. I want to say like the first, the first mini, the first two mini series with Tenth Doctor, um, and uh, and then that mini series that he did with like all of the Doctors that Pia. Pia Guerra like started to draw and then only got like three issues in and then left. Yeah, the Forgotten. I think. Yeah, the Forgotten. So it collects like the first three, those first three mini series they did with the Tenth Doctor before uh, IDW started their ongoing with him. Um, so it collects that and it's volume one of you know however many ongoing volumes they're going to end up doing. And I'll be honest, it look it's really sexy looking. Like it's it's uh it's one of those pocket-sized omnibuses like the Dark Horse ones are. You yeah, know the buffy ones, right? Yeah, yeah, like well, no, not the not the really big ones. I mean like the the little like the the little omnibus the pocket-sized ones. Yeah, the 90s omnibuses. Yes, omnibus. yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Um the the omnibus. Um yeah. And uh, it's like that. Like the design is almost identical, except they took that basic design and like turned it like, uh, what's the word? It's like sepia toned and then makes make it look like they they made the 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 look just specifically for Doctor Who. They made it sepia tone and then look like it's old, like vintage looking. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, so it's really sexy looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be a really cool way if you're interested in t- reading some uh, some Doctor Who comics. That's that's a great deal. Like, they're like $24.99 um, cover price, and you get 18 issues. 
in there. Um, 18 issues. And then, you know, at in stock trades, you'd get it at like, it's probably like 12 bucks, I think. Um, so, uh, not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. That's what I'm saying. Um, so go to stocktrades.com and, uh, get some Dr. Who comics. All right. So let's talk Celestial Toymaker. Um, I listened to the first three issues, three episodes because I didn't have time to watch them. So I watched the fourth one because it exists. And then I listened to the other ones. Um, all I know about this story is that the doctor, uh, Steven and Dodo show up. They get split because of the celestial toy maker. And then they start playing games, and that's really all I got. <laughs> yeah, that, that's basically all that happens. I what the hell? What 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 what? Really? I, I yeah. mean, like this is a story? Like, yeah. I, I I just yeah. I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't understand who the celestial toy maker is and why he has the powers of a god. That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of this makes any sense. And it's it's not what I it's not good it's not good at all no it's not very good at all um, um I don't I don't think it's racist <laughs> I really don't I don't see the racism at all like I just I he's not he's not in like yellow face like he's just a he's just a crusty British white dude in Chinese clothes. But he's yeah, just a- and so, celestial was a term in um uh, in olden times to refer to or like to pardon the language oriental um really like that's what that was it was that sort of level of conversation and so it's weird that they have a character who's called that played by a white guy it's weird and well, and but- that he's as incompetent as he is here oh see I thought celestial was uh, had to do with like the divine oh oh me too. Don't no no me too. I, apparently that's not the context they were referring to. But he has godlike powers. I know. Don't give it don't get me wrong. I know. I'll I'll show you the article where the guy the Philip Sandifer, this our, this blogger, does this really amazing deconstruction of the story. But um he, he talks about it. I'll I'll link to it. It's the TARDIS okay. Eruditorum. Uh, Celestial Toy Maker Andrew. If you haven't read it, well, it is. I don't accept it because I don't. I I don't accept this as racist because I just like I don't even. That's the dumbest racist term I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> like that just that's like I don't. It's like cracker, you know. Like no, it's no, just... no. It's dumber than that because it's like celestial. So you're calling the Chinese godlike, and that's a put down. I don't understand. I don't know, man. I just know what I hear, man. Okay. I'm just saying that doesn't make – that's not – that doesn't – even if – even if – that's dumb. Anyway, uh, this story is terrible. I don't – well, it's – I take that back. This story isn't terrible. There's no story to be terrible. It's it's just – it's an hour – it's 90 minutes of the doctor or (laughs) the doctor's right hand playing a game. Uh, while, uh, Dodo and Steven play games and that's, and making stupid decisions because they're dumb. Does the term dumb as a Dodo, does that come from Doctor Who or? It should. (laughs) Because (laughs) like, and not to say that Steven's much more intelligent than Dodo because he's not. They're both idiots. Um, like, wow, this was, 
this is just I yeah. can't even call it a mess. I really can't. Because it it sets it does exactly what it sets out to do, which is let's watch, let's literally have fun and games, only let's write it rewrite it to the point where there's no more fun left. It's just games. <laughs> it's just games and boring games at that. Oh, um, so boring. Yeah. I, I will admit that there is an element of this that is lost because there is no visual to accompany it. Um, I'm sure that the blind man's bluff would be a little bit more exciting if you could see it. Specifically, the game. I'm talking about the game in the first episode mm-hmm. um, where they have to blindfold and do the thing. Right. Um, I'm sure that would be much more entertaining, as would the dancing floor, if we could see it. The problem is that when you get to episode four and they're playing the hopscotch game and you're just like, this is so boring that mm-hmm. it just like it's you're suddenly like oh no this has been really bad the whole time no the best uh, the best part about of the, about the hopscotch game is it's literally like like uh oh you can move and it's not even like it's called Tyrus hopscotch but what it really is is just it's just a board game only i like it's like Candyland only <laughs> with people instead of game pieces like that's what it actually is it's not really hopscotch Yes. Um, so when you say hopscotch, that gets like a that I feel like that for the for our listeners, that's going to get a very specific mental image for them. So I want to correct that, and it's 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 the game pieces are people, and it's just Candyland. That's what it is. Yeah, it's um, basically our heroes and the evil Cyril rolling a dice and then hopping from board space to board space, right? For about twenty minutes. Yes, uh, I and mean, that's what it is. And and at one point. It's like, well, this isn't so bad. At least they're at least they're moving forward. And then Steven moves back and we watch him move back seven spaces. <laughs> we literally the camera just holds on him as he l- jumps back seven, seven spaces. And he only takes one at a time because, God forbid, we teach kids to uh, hurry with anything uh, <laughs> that might be unsafe. I think I think the moral of the story is uh, to uh, enjoy enjoy life, enjoy your childhood. Uh, mm-hmm. just, but it's it's so it's so it's so it's so boring. And it the thing about it is like I do think that there's something interesting here. The idea of like it, you, the the celestial toy maker in a lot of ways reminds me of the Riddler. I mean, the Riddler is much 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 more competent than the celestial toy maker is. Um, but th- they function kind of in the same way where they have some contrived puzzles that. You don't really have to do, but you do them anyway. You know what I mean? So it, it does that. But at the same time, every time that the toy maker does something that's kind of interesting, all of the characters just completely undermine that foundation. Because, to put it bluntly, the toy maker's avatars, these, um, these, these playing cards, dolls, figurines, whatever you want to call them, whatever they might be, cheat, like, horribly. Um, and so, like, if you take the first episode as an example, you have P- uh, Steven and Dodo playing this game of Blind Man's Bluff, and the clowns are against them. Well, the first clown finishes very quickly, um, and, and then it's Steven's turn, so Steven starts doing it, and then the clown starts moving the board around so that Steven can't finish, and then Steven's just like, what, what are you doing? And the clown's just like, ha ha ha, and then Dodo's like, hey, and he didn't even have a blindfold on, like, the blindfold had holes in it so you could see what he was doing the whole time. It's like, the characters have no, like, these dolls, these clowns, these, these, these playing cards should be so competent at these games, and 
they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it makes the toy maker look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um and completely yeah. contrived. And this is a weird ca- case in which uh, the uh, in which the characters hang a lantern on this fact. Yes, and it still doesn't change that it's any. It still doesn't change anything. Like yeah, usually when you hang a lantern on a story problem, you can you can be like, well, at least they are aware and they're poking fun at it, and you know, whatever, shrug, let's move on, it's fine. But in this case, it doesn't really help at all. Like, <laughs> no, it doesn't help at all because their cheating accomplishes nothing. Yeah. Um, the the clowns, I mean, clearly they need to cheat just to take the blind man's bluff. Clearly the clowns need to cheat because the clowns are ridiculously incompetent. They can't even make it out of the first. Like when, when, when Steven's like, you cheated, we have to do this again. The clowns are like, okay. And they lose instantly. Like they're done instantly. Um, it, it, it's frustrating because they, because like, it's like, well, you, of course you have to cheat, but at the same time, if you're cheating, then you're not actually playing the games. And the whole point of this is to play games. And it's just like, well, what's the point of playing the game if you're just going to have a thing where they all cheat all the time? Um, and when they don't cheat, like in the second episode, when it's about people sitting on chairs, which is about, <laughs> about as dramatically uninteresting as you can possibly get. I, I couldn't. I couldn't handle that. I was like, are we really like doing two episodes about them sitting in chairs? Like, yeah, is this happening not just right now? not just two episodes sitting in chairs? Literally, the the idea is that there are seven chairs, and one of them is safe, and the other will have something horrible happen to you. You will freeze. You will be electrocuted. The chair will implode upon itself, and you will disappear forever. All, all sorts of things. The solution to the game is is basically Stephen and Dodo are racing against the King and Queen of Hearts to figure out who's getting who's like which chair is right <laughs> when they play against the king and queen of hearts they have these seven dolls that will solve the whole problem for them so there's no stakes at all and suddenly the dolls go missing and they can't get the other dolls and they're like well dodo has to sit on this chair and it's like dodo you're so stupid like <laughs> she is so stupid but like that's the games that you come up with i mean at least the hopscotch game is inherently more dramatic because whoever gets to the TARDIS first gets to the TARDIS. This is just boring. Like, this is just mm-hmm. so dull. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoever thought this was a good idea, like, just doesn't understand story, doesn't understand anything. It's and just... how many times does the King of Cards, like, keep trying to sit down in a chair? It happens, like, three times. Yeah. And, and the Queen is just like, 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 like what are like, you... No, 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 don't do it, don't do it. And yeah. it's like, well, no, you shouldn't do it. Like, don't... <laughs> Like, are you stupid to sit in the chair? Like, and Dodo's just like, well, I'm going to sit in it. It's like, hang on, Dodo. We still have three other dolls. And she's like, well, I don't know where they are. It's like, Dodo, we're not in a race. It's okay. And it's like. Well, they're kind of in a race. Yeah. Well, they are. But, like, she's basically (laughs) rolling the dice and saying, like, two of these three chairs will kill me. I'll take those odds. Like, (laughs) which is just so stupid. Like, it's just so stupid. And, like. That's just the tip of the iceberg with her. Like, it's amazing that she goes through the entire first thing. Yes, okay, the clowns cheat. And she's like, you cheated, you cheated, that's not fair. She gets the wool pulled over her eyes in every episode. She's just like, well, you cheated. It's like, where were you in the first episode? (laughs) Like, (laughs) these guys are playing dirty. They're not the people you want to be playing with. It's impossibly frustrating. Like, even the thing with Cyril at the end, where he's just like, oh, I, I hurt my foot, I hurt my foot, and she's like, I'm gonna help him! And Stephen's like, this is a trick. 
Like, he goes, this is what he's been doing the whole time. And she's like, well, I'm going to help him. So she goes up to him, and she's just like, hey, you tricked me. (laughs) I mean, I am a Dodo defender. I don't think she's nearly as awful as people make her out to be. But, God, this episode does not make that easy at all. This is just awful. It's so, it's so awful. I don't, I don't know how this is considered a classic. I don't know. Like, I just, I don't, I don't, know. I, don't I don't know either. Because it's not even like it's a, re- it's a repeating, uh, uh, enemy. Like we yeah. never see the celestial toy maker again. So, I, I don't, I don't know what the appeal is. I just don't get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like the people who like him haven't seen it. I think because when I heard about the celestial toy maker for the first time, I was like. Ooh, I'm interested. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't see why you wouldn't be on paper. It sounds like the sort of thing that I'm totally down with. I love games. I love all that. But when you see it in execution, it's really bad. Um, and also, I guess we should talk about the Trilogic game, which, by the way, is not clever at all. Um, mm-hmm. It's the dumbest, the dumbest game. The whole thing is based on... The Doctor has to solve the Trilogic game and, and, and the Celestial Toy Maker, who will just arbitrarily do things. Like, <laughs> doesn't need a reason. He'll just be like, you can't talk anymore. Like, <laughs> for no for no real reason. Why do you want the Doctor around if you're not going to talk to him? You're just uh, If you don't want him to talk back. Like, it's just, it's just insane. It has this Trilogic game and says, okay, you have to solve it in 1,023 moves. Or however many moves it is. So 1,023, you're right. Yeah, 1,023 moves. So, Doctor, start doing it, and on the second-to-last move, you can talk and you will appear again. So, the Doctor starts doing it, and then the Doctor's just like, well, I'm not going to do this. And the toy maker's like, yes, you will. And instead of, like, electrocuting the Doctor, punishing the Doctor, he just advances the game arbitrarily by, like, a hundred moves. <laughs> Which, why not just advance it to 1,010? Like, why? Like, he will just, he's just like, advance to move 980! And then the game plays itself plays itself and then the doctor has to continue from there <sighs> it's like he's like i gotta keep the story moving it's like what are you doing like just have the game play itself it just <laughs> it just makes no sense it's the worst story it is hands down the worst Hartnell story as far as i'm concerned there's nothing that's worse than this it's just frustrating it just doesn't there's no point to it Mm-hmm. like literally no point to the story. It serves no purpose. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that the stuff that actually might serve a purpose, like there's this constant recurring motif where Steven and Dodo will be going up against a man and a woman. And the man and the woman will actually be like partners in like a, almost a marital sense. Um, you have the king and queen of hearts. You have the, the sergeant and the cook in the third episode. Mm-hmm. These characters are playing off each other and they're bickering and they're fighting. But the, and so like there's something that they can almost like I'm looking at it and I'm like, OK, I kind of see what you want to do there. You want to explore like a, maybe a divide or something, but they don't. <laughs> so it's just well, they, and, and the worst part is like, who knows if that is what happened in one of those drafts? Yeah. And it just got stripped out. Yeah. Well, the 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 kitchen sequence is actually a ripoff on um, a, a, a 1930s play called George and Margaret. Mm-hmm. Um, which the BBC had had acquired, um, and so they 
they wanted to do something with that, but like, you know, you lose it in a rewrite. Like you just lose that sort of thing in a rewrite. So they don't get to do anything with it. And it's just, I mean, it's just frustrating. And then what you have instead of that is you have an entire episode where the first half of the episode, because the second half is literally spent in the dancing room watching dancing and probably not very good dancing at that. Watching you're watching dancing before that you're basically watching just like this married couple bicker for about 12, 15 minutes, which is awful. Like just, I don't want to see it because this is not who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. This is about as vapid and boring and screechy and shrewy as I could possibly want to hate. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's a massive failure of an episode. It is a cataclysmic awful, um, and stupid. And I love that Cyril is defeated by his own cheating, which was stupid. Um, yay, I win! And then he just falls off. <laughs> like, it's awful. I hate this story. I'm glad you hate it, too. Um, I don't want to hate on Doctor Who too much, but this is just inexcusable. Um, yeah. Inexcusably awful. The whole time I was watching this, uh, when Cyril showed up, Cyril just reminds me of um, of the, uh, the, the bully who steals Pee-wee's bike. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, that's what it reminds me of. It's, a, it's an interesting choice. I mean, I like the I like the imagery and iconography of it, but other than that, like he was just such a brat. Like I just didn't mm-hmm. I didn't like watching any of it. And it's just like I mean, that's the thing is like if you're going to do a thing with games, no cheating, just don't cheat. Like there's no point. Like why? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, because it's it's frustrating because I think that there is something good in here. It's just that nothing, none of this is good. None of it. Um, even the solution is stupid. <laughs> See, I don't even think I don't even think there's I don't think there's anything good here. Uh I don't even think the concept of the celestial toy maker is good because at the end of the day, he's like he's celestial. He's a god. And that is not a thing that exists in the Doctor Who universe. And this is early on, this is only the third season, so I can excuse it for that, but I never want to see this character again. <laughs> if this is the way if this, if he's going to have godlike powers like that, yeah. See, I don't, I don't think it's like. I think he has like super special magic powers. I don't think they're god powers, but this just unbridles. Like this is just him unbridled, and like I think that the magic mousetrap did a really good job with him. I don't know if you remember that one. I really like the magic mousetrap. Um, yeah, uh, but I, I liked it. I didn't like it because of him. Sure, sure. and it's like that was. Different. I feel like they were using him in a different way. He was more of a master planner than a game maker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, even though it was literally a game, you know, in that story, he was he was a master planner, which made him the perfect antithesis to Sylvester McCoy. Um, yeah. So it was it was perfect in that respect but that's the way that i would want a character like this to be but in this i'm sorry godlike powers magic powers whatever it's not real there's no science behind it like (laughs) that's my problem this is not science fiction this is now fantasy and that's not doctor who yeah and there's no stakes um, right. at all when you start playing with it. Cause like, it's like, uh, it's like, well, you will be defeated forever. It's like, no. And then like, everything is just a no win scenario. It's just, it's just, yeah. it's not very, it's not good. Um, 
but I see why it captures imaginations. I also just think that it's mostly terrible. Um, and I encourage everyone to disagree with me um, because you're wrong on this one. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Who fandom, Doctor Who fandom that still looks favorably on this story is just wrong. Um, uh, objectively wrong. Um, yeah. There's nothing like there, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't see why there's a division. I don't see why that this is a story that's popular. It just, it just makes no sense. Um, no. It, there's no point to it. There's no anything. And uh, it's a bummer because I like Michael Goff. He will come back, actually. He's in Arc of Infinity, which we're talking about at some point um, hmm. soon-ish um, on the other side of New Who. Uh, but in the meantime, like, nothing. Nothing. So, All right. Well, before we uh, wrap up, I want to remind you that today's episode is also brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS, the site that lets you, lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, t-shirts, anything you can get from your local comic book shop, you can get from DCBService.com. You order three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off, regular discounts of 40% off, ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Yeah. Next week, uh, we've got the Demons, which I am excited for. Yeah, you're going to like this one. Third uh, Doctor, Master Unit. One of probably the quintessential Master Unit story, as I'm far as I'm concerned. Pumped. Yeah, you're going to like this. Very awesome. Uh, from Barry Letts, actually, of all people. Um, so you're going to like this one. Uh, and then on the other side of that, we're going to do Dalek, which is the Eccleston story. <clears throat> and then if you are paying attention at home, the Amazon is releasing, uh, or the BBC, I guess, are releasing these little novellas um, of, of classic Doctor Who stories written by children's authors. Uh, so the second Doctor story uh, book, The Nameless City, came out, which was written by Michael Scott. Not that Michael Scott, but a different Michael Scott. Um, <laughs> and we're going to talk about that with Dalek because we have some extra time in there. So we're going to talk about Dalek and, uh, and The Nameless City in about two weeks. And then after that, we're going to talk about The Ice Warriors and The Seeds of Death, which is a Troughton story, which totally exists. Praise the Lord and pass the biscuits, and then we'll be back in New Who. That's how close New Away. That's how close away New Who is. Um, so something to look forward to. Sweet deal. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff on the horizon. Yeah, because now we're outside of this death trap. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which um uh, wasn't that bad of a death trap. This was easily the worst, I would say. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Of, fair enough of the stuff. So. Could have been worse, I think. For me, anyway. I know you didn't. I know I like some of those a lot more than you did. Sure. I just, I, the Celestial Toymaker is like as about as bottom of the barrel as you can possibly get as far as I'm concerned. It's really, there's just nothing there. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's just a four episode runaround. So here's my question. Which is better? The story after this, which is the Gunfighters or the Celestial Toymaker? Gunfighters has a story. <laughs> it has a story. Just yeah. still don't like gunfires, but at least there's a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. People like this is Celestial Toymaker is considered more popular than the gunfighters. That's how messed up Doctor Who is. Mm. I don't think people understand what is good about Doctor Who. I don't know, but then again, <laughs> like I guess that's just totally uh, opinion. I suppose like you like what you like. Uh, when it comes to sure. Doctor Who, and I guess that's fair. I guess that's why people like the Moffat era, and we don't. Um, uh, it's, all, it's all the same show. We can all get along. Yeah, yeah. 
it's, uh, you know, it's different eras. Look at it this way. Uh, you know, in three years, uh, when there's a new showrunner, I would assume, hopefully, um, <laughs> when there's a new showrunner on Doctor Who and, you know, we are theoretically raving about it and everyone else hates it, well, that'll be an interesting day, won't it? Yeah, and now, now, who's, now who's wrong? The people who like it or the people who are disagreeers? I don't know. Yeah. 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 And the answer is it's all okay because there's all Doctor Who for everyone. Some yeah, people it's love all the subjective. Colin Baker Everybody chill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody Some chill. people love the Graham Williams ears. No one's perfect. No one's perfect. <laughs> Everybody chill. Um, all right. So uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter on Twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also Twitter.com slash Scott Commentary where I live tweet things from time to time when I watch them and think to do that, uh, which I'll be honest isn't often. Um also, uh, check out our other podcasts. Uh, if you like this show and you like other things that aren't Doctor Who, listen to The Mind Robbers, our flagship podcast, because we talk about all kinds of things. Um, also, uh, The Mind Robbers versus Batman, the animated series. Um, you should be listening to that because it's, it's just like, uh, it's just like this show, only a little quicker. And well, not, not, not that much quicker than this particular episode, um, but a little quicker. Uh, it's, it's fast, a little faster paced. Uh, uh, we, if you want to hear us be positive, like crazy positive about something, you're going to want to listen to that because that's a show that we both dearly love. Um, and, uh, Matt brings up Doctor Who a lot. So, uh, I do. Relevant. I do bring it up a lot now that you mentioned that. Relevant. Uh, <laughs> so listen to uh, the Mind Robbers versus, um, which, uh, and then when we're done with Batman the Animated Series, we'll move on to Superman the Animated Series, and so on and so forth, uh, and then eventually move on to other, other totally different shows. So the Mind Robbers versus will stick around. Um, past the Mind Robbers versus Batman in the Animated Series. It's a weird structure, I know. Just iTunes search the Mind Robbers versus. You will not be disappointed. Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Gungan, and also my Twitter account, twitter.com slash GD Commentary, where I live tweet stuff, uh, whatever is tickling my fancy. Smash! Um, smash, in particular, um, which is great. Tickles um, a lot of your fancies. Oh, so it is my fancy. Um, <laughs> Not because it's good, because it tickles my fancy. Uh, I still why why do why do they both wear navy shirts and why why are they differentiated by sleeve length? I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, so so follow me there for that. Um, also, I'm uh, whatever I'm watching. Uh, I usually will just pop on there and just share thoughts into space and the ether because I don't feel like texting people while watching stuff i feel like sharing it with the world because my thoughts are socialist so there you go does that make sense whatever anyways that's that's it for us next week we'll be back with the demons uh and john pertwee and bessie and all sorts of great things and a heat barrier so much heat barrier sounds great see you then bye bye guys (laughs) 